0: Love, talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell live tonight as we are previewing this upcoming weekend. We are previewing the Daytona Five Hundred. Uh, the twenty twenty one Daytona Five Hundred obviously is
1: coming up in three weeks. We will
0: discuss some new rides that were announced uh, this past week here in Daytona uh, for the Daytona Five Hundred. In 2010, the Daytona 500 champion was Jamie McMurray. He has a ride for the 2021 Daytona 500, and he, he's going to drive the number 77 Chevrolet for Spire Motorsports. The car is going to be prepared by Chip Ganassi Racing. It's probably it's just basically going to be a Chip Ganassi Racing car with Spire charter to get him into the Daytona 500. We'll discuss uh, how McMurray is going to do and what we think he's going to how we think he's going to perform here in 2021. Also, the surprise for a lot of people. Uh, the 1990 Daytona 500 champion, Derek Cope, out of Spanaway, Washington. He's going to drive in his first Daytona 500 since 2004. Uh going to drive the number 15 Chevrolet for Rick Ware Racing. We'll discuss his expectations and how we think he's going to do. He tried to make this race back in 2011 and missed. We'll discuss that. Also, Ty Dillon has a new ride for the Daytona 500, a new ride for the first two races in 2021. We'll discuss that and what we think of his expectations in his new ride for 2021. And also, there was a lot of talk about Cope being approved for this race. We'll dive into that, give our thoughts, and we'll start our preview for 2021 as well here uh, as we get later on into the show. 917 889 8280, that is the number to call here tonight uh, on Talking in Circles. We'll start with Jay McMurray from Joplin, Missouri, 2010 Daytona 500 champion, number 77 Chevrolet for Spire Motorsports. Again, a car is going to be prepared by Chip Ganassi Racing. Philip, this was one. I didn't see coming. I don't know if a lot of people did. Um, you know, he's a Fox broadcaster, he's in a Fox booth. We see him uh, you know, during the pre-race a lot, but this was kind of one that I think a lot of people were surprised about because I think they looked at it and said, "He's retired." And uh, coming off on a one-race deal here for for the 77 car, what were your thoughts this morning when you read that Gene McMurray was going to run uh the Daytona 500?
1: I mean, for for Spire and trying to go and be more competitive in a sense. And what they're, it seems like they're trying to put together. It's not a bad hire because McMurray, uh, even if he's been out of the car for a year or two, he's a capable hand uh, at these uh, super speedway races. You can also add that because they've become demo derbies, McMurray generally is um someone who's able to either avoid or not put himself all the time it's happened that he has but all put himself in positions to to basically last and for a team like Spire who basically puts all their their efforts or has put their efforts really in the Super Speedway program and that's about it a uh, I mean, I guess there could be other drivers that are probably be out there that may have want have been uh, worthwhile, but hey, whatever. I mean, he has a license; he can go and be approved. He's a former 500 champion. Uh, he hasn't been out of car that long. You know, it is what it is. It's fire. There's all these all these like uh, seller dweller teams, uh, as we're going to talk uh, about. Uh, you know to get a former 500 champion that that probably can keep the, his nose clean and probably get it to the end there 500 miles you never know what can happen
0: oh no question and and mcmurray's a good shooter there you know when he was in his prime and running in the cup series full-time uh, we all remember him he was a very very good plate racer and uh you know that's shouldn't change i mean obviously the restricted plates are off the uh off the cars here in 2021 with the, with the rule package that we have at super speedways now and uh it shouldn't change at all so the the way you race these tracks and the way you approach these racetracks are the same um than what than, you know how you did 10 15 years ago uh a lot of people think, you know, there's too much wrecking, and that's certainly true. But it's the Daytona 500, and you look at Jim McMurray, Spencer Cowan uh, joining us. You know, what do you think when you read that? I mean, here's a guy who, veteran, no question, but he was kind of out of our minds for a little while, out of, kind of out of sight, out of mind. You know, he ran his last race in 2019, the 2019 Daytona 500, sort of doing the same thing for Spire um, in a Chip Ganassi car for the Daytona 500. It was just sort of a, a little bit of a shock thinking that his career was sort of over, that he's going to come back and try and make one last run at the Daytona 500. What were your thoughts, Spencer, when you read that this morning?
2: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't who I thought it would be. You know, there were some guys that, um, you know, that are in that RCR colleague bunch um you know, Haley could have ran it. You know, Haley's ran for Spire at Talladega. He has a win with the 77 bunch at Daytona um, in 2019. Um, so, yeah, but once McMurray's name was announced, I was like, okay, I can kind of see, you know, he's ran um, a Ganassi car prepared by, or a Spire car prepared by Ganassi when he was with the 40. And remember, he ran the Clash and the Daytona 500. And um, even with the sponsor of Advent Help Advent Health. Advent Health was on his car in the clash and then he had uh McDonald's for the five hundred. So um no he's no stranger to the Advent Health um drivers uh, lineup. Um so and he's and like Phillips said, you know, he he's he's won the Daytona five hundred before in two thousand ten with Ganassi. Um so I mean he no he's he's a solid enough restrictor plate uh driver, um and it's not a bad hire, you know, just like what Phillips said. Um you know, if you want to get a guy that just wants to do a one-off, one-off race, I don't think you could find anybody else better than Jamie McMurray besides Jimmy Johnson, but he he don't want to come back. So uh, McMurray's a good pick, and, you know, he's, you know, like he's still got his license, and like I said, he knows how to run the plate tracks. And um, so, I mean, like Philip said, you know, with Spire – With their whole deal of, you know, wanting to come into the sport and build the price of of a charter and turn around, sell it, make a profit. They're kind of showing interest that they want to be here to run. If they had no interest, they wouldn't go pair up with a good team like Ganassi, a top notch dollar team that Ganassi has a lot of money, um, and try to run well. And that's what they're trying to do. You know, they got a great sponsor over there with Advent that does a lot for the sport. Um, Speed Weeks is presented by Advent Health. So, um, good hire for them and I think if he stays out of trouble he can definitely be there at the end.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what kind of, how competitive he can be. Uh, you know, as far as race winning is concerned. Um and, and whether or not, you know, to me in a one off deal there's no sense in hanging in the back and trying to collect points and waiting for the race to come to you. I mean, I would go up there from McMurray and I try and just run up front and stay up front all day, get my sponsors up there and say, you know, I'm gonna have some fun today uh and try and just run up front and stay there, but I think it's asking a lot. There's no question, especially with a team that isn't really—I uh, guess it is a team per se—but you know, it depends how many people are not going to be working on the car during race week. So, people moving up, moving all around there as the year goes on uh, with that Spire Charter team, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it, it's going to be a Chip Ganassi Racing prepared race car. So, uh, for him to be going out there and going out and, and trying to make this race or not even make it, he's going to be in the Daytona 500, but to to go out there and try and win the Daytona 500, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Next guy, I I was, you know, we've been hearing rumblings a little bit. It's been about a week here we've been hearing rumblings about, and that's Ty Dillon, and I think a lot of people were surprised by his, um, where he's going to run the Daytona 500 here in 2021. Um, There was rumors that he might go to Spire, as Spencer mentioned. There was a bunch of RCR-affiliated cars. Our drivers that a lot of people looked at and said, oh, um, they're going to go to Spire. You know, Justin Haley was also included in that. But here we are, and Ty Dillon's going to be driving a Toyota in 2021. The first two races at least, maybe a little bit more for Ty Dillon, for Gaunt Brothers Racing, number 96 Toyota for the Daytona 500. They're going to have Bass Pro Shops and uh, Black Rifle Coffee on the car. A very interesting little... Wrinkle because his grandfather is a Chevrolet man, true, true, you know, through and through, uh, and true to his heart. He, he's driven for Chevrolet since 1969, or at least the GM product since 1969. And, uh, you know, Ty Dillon's been in a Chevrolet his, pretty much his entire career. Shocked to see him in a Toyota, Spencer. What are your thoughts on Ty Dillon driving a 96 car
2: for the Daytona so 500? Chevy or not? The guy is a racer and he wants to race and he has a family to support. So, um, when you're sitting there with no ride and you're what we're three weeks out from Daytona, um, if a Toyota team calls you, you're going to drive a Toyota for the Daytona 500. That's just the way it is. Um, and I think it with him, you know, he's smart. I feel like he's a decent plate. He's a decent plate track guy. And um, you know, with the guy, like, we're kind of slimming down on drivers available. With the guys that were available. Um, you know, Ty Dillon was pretty much the last one on the market that I can think of, far as a, you know, a, a bigger name guy. Um, he's been in the sport a while, a long time actually. So, um, I think that was the right move for them. And, um, you know, he's bringing on Bass Pro Shops and Black Rifle Coffee, like you just said, which is sold at Bass Pro Shops, and um, they that's a new sponsor that Gaunt Brothers gets to um exp- you know, give exposure. And, you know, that's, that's good for that team. You know, they're not just running uh, GBR on the hood of the race car in Toyota, um, which is pretty much out of pocket. So they got Bass Pro Shops and the coffee company over there. And, uh, you know, this was Ty's only option, you know, no Xfinity team called him up to run, no truck team called him up to run. This was it. Or he was going to be sitting at home playing um, Xbox or going to RCR sweeping floors. I mean, this was his only option and he's happy. Um, he says he's excited and, you know, he loves plate tracks and he's decent at it. So on as far as making the race, I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, I think there's cars that there's about four or five cars that I believe are better than that. But who knows? Those four or five cars can, you know, all wreck and Ty can sit there and um, have a solid day and make the race and go race on Sunday. So a uh, good hire for them. And I think they're going to do well. He just they got to stay out of trouble.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it was certainly a surprise. Just again, because you, you think of the Dillon boys, you think of Richard Childress Racing, you think of Toyota, or Chevrolet, excuse me, and for Ty to be in a Toyota, uh, kind of a surprise. And, and you brought up a good point about Ty Dillon that I didn't mention. He's going to have to race his way into the Daytona 500. That is not a chartered team. They ran full time last year with Daniel Suarez, but they ran as an open team last year. And if you remember last year with Daniel Suarez, uh, they missed the Daytona 500. Suarez wrecked in the front straightaway. Uh, I don't think it was his doing, but, you know, that's what happens when you are an open team, and that's what Ty Dillon's got to be careful of, you know, especially a guy, and I don't mean to to, – I hope this isn't an insult to him, but a guy who's never really driven an equipment that has been subpar in his career. Um, Yeah, there's been some times where he's gotten in cars and they haven't been great, but, you know, usually they have a pretty good engine, especially on the super speedways, and if if this isn't a TRD engine for the Golden Brothers team, you know, that's, they're going to have a lot of time. They're going to have a tough time uh, creating speed in that car for qualifying. So that means they're going to have to really rely on the draft and in the race. And anything can happen, like we saw last year with Daniel Suarez. Anything can happen in the 150s. And if you get involved in a wreck, that could mean he's out of the Daytona 500. But uh, a, a very interesting hire, a very interesting pairing, I should say, for Grand Brothers and Ty Dillon. Philip, what were your thoughts? Uh, we, we've heard, you know, last couple of days there was wrinkle, uh, ripples about it coming out. I know Jim Otter reported it a couple of days ago, but it was officially announced. Uh, I think today, this morning, that Ty Dillon is going to be running in the uh, in the Daytona 500 for Gaunt Brothers Racing.
1: Yeah, I mean, for uh, Spencer mentioned, you know, it's it's a ride, and <clears throat> I mean, when you look at Marty Gaunt, that whole organization, they're going to bring a good, they're going to bring as good of a piece as they can bring to Daytona. They had a car that could have made the race. Even though it wasn't fast in qualifying last year, um, they could have made the race in February. And why missing that basically set the tone, as we've said before, I think you've said it uh, for the whole year. Uh, but other than that, Suarez ran well in the other three uh, superspeedway races, and they are not bad on road courses uh, over time. They're not they're relative to where they are. Uh so for Ty I mean he's got a smoking hot wife and he gets to go and he has a new baby boy here a couple of months ago and and but at the end of the day he is a racer and and he wants to go out there and and be able to do something and he's he wants he said he wants to win so it's definitely not going to be in this car uh but you know he can be competitive. You run a, you run a competitive like at least in the ballpark qualifying speed. I mean this field is much deeper than it has been in recent years. I think it's probably because of you know the Gen Six uh, being out the door here in uh in in at the end of the year. But I mean the we'll, we'll see what happens. I, his talent is good enough to make the Daytona 500, whether he has the piece to get there is to be determined. And we'll, I guess, find out as we uh, go along here um, during the uh, speed week.
0: Yeah, it's funny. We call it a speed weeks, but, uh, you know, that's just sort of an old term because, you know, speed weeks was it used to be weeks and weeks, and it condensed down to really 10 days. And now it's condensed down to, like, five days. I mean, three weeks from today, we're going to be going doing the Clash at Daytona. And he's a guy that is interesting. Speaking of the Clash, he's a guy that's very interesting to keep an eye on. Now, the entry list hasn't been released for the Clash. Usually, that entry list we see way before the Daytona 500 entry list. But uh, I don't think we're going to see that until probably the day before or the day of the Clash entry list. And he's a guy to keep an eye on because he's eligible. Um, you know, last year, he won a stage for the Jermaine Racing Team, if you remember. So he's eligible for the Clash, and
2: the, one of the
0: drivers who's not el- the one of the drivers who's not eligible for the Clash is Bubba Wallace. And with Ty Dillon having the Toyota t- ties to the Daytona 500 now, it makes you wonder if the 23 car, which has a big-time sponsor, Michael Jordan, being there, and not only that, the fact that the second race of the year is now at the Daytona Road Course, where they can get some information, break help break down their race car during the clash, which is what the clash is going to be run on this year, you have to wonder if Ty Dillon's an option in that 23 car for the, for the clash. And, and we don't know that for sure. It hasn't been announced yet, but just something to keep an eye on. I think it'd be silly not to do it. Um, You know, NASCAR might create a rule where they put everybody in the clash anyway, because of the unfair advantage that the clash cars are going to have to the regular season race. They might as well anyway, because it's 50 cars in there anyway. But um, if they don't change the rules, but Wallace isn't in. Ty Dillon is. It would be a natural fit just to make that move and just get to twenty-three some info for the uh, for the, the the road course race, the second race of the year in the regular season. Now that that's been changed, obviously because of COVID. So if you missed that, uh, that's why we're we're discussing that because the second race of the year now is Daytona Road Course. Now uh, the number here to call is nine one seven eight eight nine eight two eight zero. Here tonight, talking to circles. Another announcement today was filled with announcements for the Daytona 500. Today had about four or five driver announcements. One of the ones that we kind of speculated earlier in the offseason, we had this guy on our show. He kind of dodged the question when we we came out and asked him whether or not he was going to run the Daytona 500. Well, it looks like he is. Well, not looks like he is. He's going to. It was announced today that Derek Cope from Spanaway, Washington, the 1990 Daytona 500 champion, is going to run the Daytona 500 for Rick Ware Racing, uh, number 15 Chevrolet. Jacob Company's on board as sponsor. They've been a long uh, partner with Rick Ware Racing. It, Cope hasn't run the Daytona 500 since 2004. He's 62 years old. This is He's going to be the second oldest driver in NASCAR history to run the Daytona 500, surpassing uh, Dave Marcus, who was the second oldest. Mark Thompson is the oldest driver to ever run it when he did it a few years ago at the age of 66. But Cope, 62 years old, Rick Ware Racing, uh, hasn't run the Daytona since 2004, hasn't Run, uh hasn't tried to make the race since 2011, so obviously we kind of had a, some inklings, there were some rumors out there about a former Daytona 500 champion running for Rick Ware Racing a few months ago, but they kind of died down, but it was officially announced today, Cope's going to be running the Daytona 500 for Rick Ware Racing. What are your thoughts when you read that today, and what do you think his expectations are?
1: Well, I mean, he no-sold us, that's the first thought, thought I had, I'm like, when I heard that, I'm like, "Oh, so you just decided to no sell us on our show, which would have been the breaking news thing, and we could have promoted that, so that kind of pissed me off um other than that, i mean whatever i <laughs> uh, i mean to be to be completely frank, I mean, does it really matter what derek Oak's highlight in the last decade was when his car exploded in 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 the inner loop of, in in the Xfinity series a few years ago. I mean other than that and his hairline, um, and the fact that he employs one of the worst drivers ever lived, um, in the double zero, I mean, what's the point? I mean it's a perfect combination. You have you have Rick Ware who's who's just, just the icon of of mediocrity, and you have Derek Cope who who since nineteen ninety As somehow or another, other than MW55, I mean, if you want to beat a, you want to talk about beating a horse to death, this, this thing should have been done a long time ago. But man, you know, like, come on, like, isn't there an Xfinity guy? Isn't there somebody that's desperate? I mean, that's the point. Like, isn't there somebody that desperate that's an Xfinity guy or, or truck series person you know, I guess Johnny Sauter is probably going to be one of those other pieces of crap that may show up. But, um, you know, somebody who just has no, no shame, you know, like couldn't somebody else do it? Like Derek Hope, like, really? I mean, it's it's whatever. I I mean, he's going to be in the back. He's probably going to run a really slow lap in qualifying. And then he's going to go around driving around in the back with Quinn Huff, because they both are the same level of talent at this point. Um, you know, you're telling me it's 1995, Derek Cope. Okay, fine. It's 2021. Uh, I, I mean, it, it it kind of scares me that this is where we're going. Uh, you know, next thing you know, we're going to call Brett Bodine out of retirement from the pace. He stopped driving the pace car. Let's go and put, Jeffrey Bodine or Brett Bodine in a car next. Let's go and pull you know, Kyle Petty out of retirement. Let's put him in a car. Whatever. Let's just start going and pulling guys from the 90s and, and start putting them in cars. I mean, Mike and Kenny Wallace, if they haven't canceled themselves on social media with their stupidity, why don't you just pull one of them idiots in the car? Why not? That that, that seems like where Rick Ware Racing is going at this point. Let's just go and have why don't you just put Kenny Wallace in the car? Uh, that that it, it, at least he could go and be a nudnik on on the track, and then somebody can hook him and put him into Lake Lloyd. At least I would be entertaining instead of a stage break. Um,
0: when I thought when I saw this move today, when I saw this announcement, it was an interesting one because there's a lot to take in, and one of the things that you Think about and a lot of people talked about on social media was Cope being approved. I think it was uh, there's a writer who tweeted that about it saying he shouldn't be locked into the Daytona 500 at 62 years old, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and we're going to dive into that a little bit later. I want to kind of dive into that a little bit later as far as the approval of NASCAR because there was something else that was ha- that happened this week, uh, it was announced today actually in the Xfinity series that caught my eye about approvals and stuff like that. So we'll just, dis- we'll, I'll discuss that a little, a little bit, but um, certainly a, a hire where you don't see Cope, you know, Cope hasn't run this race in 17 years. Uh, there's, that's fact. Uh, and he hasn't attempted it in over 10 years. So it's been a, a, a thing where you look at it and you say, can this guy, at this age, compete still. Uh, it's a Starcom racing car, which in itself is a little bit of a problem. And and so think about it this way. And I'm not trying to to hurt you know hit the teams at all with this. This is more of a charter problem. Um, when you think about what we discussed with Jamie McMurray, basically running and not basically it is they basically they told you in the in the press release McMurray's going to be running a Spire Motorsports entry which is you know a loose loose term but it's going to be prepared by Chip Ganassi Racing. It's basically a third Chip Ganassi Racing car where Spire has a couple of employees and they get to be locked into the Daytona 500 because of that charter. Uh same thing with you know this there Cope entry with Spire basically fielding this car, uh, excuse me, with, with Starcom basically fielding, fielding this race, and Rick Ware loaning out basically a charter. Now, a lot of people don't have problems with that, but that's really not what this should be intended for, um, where a team can go out and just create a team and then say they're locked in no matter what, and you have guys like the 96 team, which ran a full schedule last year, and they still have to race their way into the Daytona 500. Uh you know, 37 as well. They have an, they're an open team, and basically the only reason why they can't get their hands on the charter is because Rick Ware doesn't want to sell a charter. It it sort of defeats the purpose of what the charter is for, which is to protect full-time teams and keep the the most competitive teams out there competitive. And uh, you know, I'm not sure right now what those two moves that that's what's going on. So that's a bit of a problem, but. Spencer, what are your thoughts on on the Derek Cope entry? I mean, Cope won this Daytona 500 in 1990. I was a year old when he won the Daytona 500. Uh, You were way, way far away from being born, Uh, and and Philip was just a young guy too. So, you know, it's been a long time. He hasn't run in it since 2004. I mean, we didn't even know each other in 2004, Spencer. That's how long it's been since he's run the Daytona 500. What are your thoughts on on, uh, the 15 car being piloted by Derek Cope for Daytona?
2: Yeah, I've known you guys quite a while, but uh, um, I don't know. The way I look at it, it's Rick Ware Racing. Anyways, they don't have a shot, and uh, they're just trying to. It's a it's a seat filler. I mean they're they're not competitive. They run in the back. It's just, I mean, they like Philip said, they could have got an Xfinity guy in there that would have loved to go um, race that car. Um, a good option for that seat. Could have been. um They could have got uh, I don't know. They could have got Ryan Sieg or somebody in there. uh Anybody, you know, a guy that would have loved to go run in the Daytona Five Hundred, regardless whether it was a uh competitive car or not. So I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's the seat filler, it's Rick Ware. Uh, you know, they're just you know they're they're spot fillers, um filled fillers, whatever you want to call them. That have charters, and Rick Ware has a lot of money, and he can afford charters and. Um, He's able to lock himself in every week, and they show up to a racetrack knowing that they're just going to run in the back of the pack, and, you know, Jacobs Companies or whatever that company is sticks with them, so they got sponsorship on there. And, you know, they could have got anybody. I mean, they put Cole Custer. Cole Custer ran for them, a lot of people don't know. Uh, When he got his rookie starts, he ran the 51 Haas Automations car. You know, they could have got a guy that, you know, would have loved to go cup racing, but they picked Derek Cope and I guess Derek Cope's going to push that double zero Quinn Huff car to lead because he's competition. He works for Starcom and here he is racing against him. So, uh, I don't know. Just congrats to Derek Cope. I guess he's going racing on Sunday for the Daytona 500. Yeah. And again, you know, I I alluded to it a little bit earlier
0: where there was some talk uh, from a writer about the, uh, him being approved to run this Daytona 500. Now, Personally, I think Cope should be approved over a lot of the 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 drivers who have been approved before. I mean he, he's was in a race car as recently as two thousand eighteen. Um you know, so it's not like he's been out ten years. You know, when we think of Cope, we think of his prime years and we think of him running full time in Cup, yeah, that was the nineties, late eighties, early nineties, into the two thousands. Uh but he still ran in the Xfinity series, you know. 2015, 2016, 2017. He still ran a lot then. In 2018, you know, we ran a little bit. So it's not like he's been totally out and totally out for 10 years and they approved him and said, hey, you know, and I get that he's 62 years old, but I, I, I'm okay with that because he's got a lot of experience in these cars. The one I was curious about, and it was announced that Jay Bucher is going to run full time the NASCAR Xfinity Series for a new team called Big Machine Racing uh, in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And so you know, that's he's a young kid and, and I understand we're trying to, you know, we want to see young kids succeed in this sport and all that. That's wonderful and great. And, you know, but there's also a, a safety involved in it. And, you know, that's where I get a little bit kind of head scratching where Jade made four Xfinity series starts last year and all of them came at a road course. That's really his background. You know, I, I Maybe he's run a few sh- uh, short track races in his career. I can't say, but as far as major racing is concerned, the guy's never run on an oval track. And to me, that's more dangerous than, you know, running his first race ever in an Xfinity race on an oval in an Xfinity race at, Day- at Daytona of all places where they go, you know, 180, 190 miles an hour. Um, I have a little bit more of a problem with that than I do with a guy like Derek cope Um running the Daytona 500. Now, a lot of people might disagree with that because you see a 32-year-old guy in Buford who, uh, you know, accomplished road racer. that's fine. But that's a completely different medium than what we do in NASCAR. So, you know, and I get the ARCA race with Wade Staggered. I don't know why NASCAR did it that way this year where they sort of put the ARCA race after the Xfinity Series race where you can't be approved to run, you know. Uh, it used to be we used to see guys get approval for trucks and Xfinity in the Arca race the week before. And now the Arca race is so deep in the weekend that you can't really do that. My fear is with with some of these guys, especially with the lack of practice that we're going to have, you know, I'm not saying Buford's not capable of running 180, 190 miles an hour, anybody's capable of it, but the speed and the reaction time and the depth perception and all that, you know, it takes some time to get used to. And if that team goes out there and runs two laps in practice, they pull it in and say, okay, you know, we're good, and all I do is go out and run a couple qualifying laps and then go to the race. You're really going to tell me that you're comfortable with a guy who's run four laps by basically by himself at Daytona National Speedway, that you're comfortable with him going in a crowd at 190 miles an hour in the series race at Daytona? coach run Daytona 15, 20 times in his career, the 500, and he's run at Super Speedways a bunch in his career. You know, he knows that, and sure, he's a little bit older, and, you know, he might not be as, as talented as he once was, but... You know he's done this before, and uh, that to me, that is is as far as the safety is concerned. I have a bigger problem with Pifford than I do with with uh, Derek Cope, and I just kind of wanted to say that on the air tonight because I know there's a lot of people who were killing the, the hope the Cope hire, and and for the reason of, well, you know, safety or or he's 62 years old, and. Again, we've seen guys older than, than him Mark Thompson's run uh, James Hilton used to run a lot in the Yarka series A lot older than him We've seen guys, uh, Morgan Shepard in the Xfinity series Ran a lot older than him So it's not like you know it's unheard of that we see guys in, in their 60s running A race, I mean Dick Trickle ran Until he was older too, Dave Marcus Ran in his 60s, so it's not unheard of That these that we've never seen somebody do that But um, to me it, it I'd rather have somebody with experience Than have no experience at all, I guess that's what I'm getting at um i to go to you now With a couple of other hires This week, uh, Rick Ware Racing We talked about there, he's going to run a Daytona 500 For Rick Ware, uh, Cody Ware The son of Rick Ware, and Josh Balicki Also running full time um, In that, for those cars uh, Expectations Not sure where you have them, these guys Sort of come from a road racing background, Cody Ware definitely does Balicki's got some road racing experience As well, with a lot of road course Racing in the Cup Series this year A lot more than what we've seen in the past, at least Um, Do you think that bodes well for these guys? What do you think about uh, Ware and Balicki running for Rick Ware?
2: First off, I ought to put him in my IMSA car. Um, But Balicki, he's ran in Xfinity uh, quite a bit, you know, with the Insurance King. I think that's the sponsor that he normally runs. It's an insurance company. I know that. Um, So I don't know if they're going onto the car and he's brought a little bit of money with them. Um, I haven't seen the sponsor that he's going to have on the race car. So, Normally when he's in the car, that's a sponsor. So, um, I mean, like you said, they are road course guys. I don't know much about either one of them. I do know that Cody is son of Rick, like you just said. And Cody has ran in the Cup Series, too. I mean, he's wrecked, but he's ran in it. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, I think I would have put him in my IMSA car, you know, over their over the Cup stuff. But I mean he's the son of you know, he's the son of the the car owner. So I mean this the dad's obviously gonna put the son in there so if they can't find a driver, you know, there wasn't a lot of drivers that was on the market, you know, kinda like I mentioned, uh, you know, besides Ty Dillon. Everybody else is pretty much locked up for this year, so you were running out of options on who to put in the race car. But Balecky, like I said, he's ran Xfinity. Um, it's not like he's just getting into a cup car and you know, never's done it, you know, he's he's pretty much ran in anything. So in the NASCAR, you know, trucks, Xfinity. So, I mean, as far as a hire, once again, just kind of, they're a driver. I mean, they're not, you know, nothing special. uh, And, you know, Rick Ware, you know, runs in the back anyways, you know, and it's just um, a team that's underfunded low budget and they just don't have the resources that the big teams do. So they can't go up and run up front. So kind of the same thing as the Derek Cope type deal, just kind of seat fillers, you know, to get through the year. And, um, you know, pray, you know, to get a top 30, you know, that's, that's that team's goal. And, you know, to make the, yeah. you know, just to have a good year, a solid year for them. So um, just kind of drivers that they hired, nothing, nothing crazy. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And one of the things these teams
0: are doing a lot, and I, I don't know if I touched on it on this show much last week, but it's something I want to discuss a little bit here before we move on to, uh, to the next topic you know, with Balicki and Ware, they're, they're younger guys. And they're guys that, you know, you look at, and they, you know, they got some experience, and Balicki does in Xfinity. Ware's got some road racing experience. He's run a cup a few, few times. But, you know, when you look at it you say, they're not really guys that have been polished yet. So it's a little bit of a risky hire there as far mm-hmm. as that's concerned. But they can get away with that, Rick Ware, because of the charters. You know, um, they can, you know, just – Go out there and, and perform how they want. They're not going to get charters taken away from them. Um, you know, we have never seen that in NASCAR yet. So, you know, that's an interesting hire from that standpoint. It's, and and this year we might see that a lot more in even the other divisions, especially tr- in trucks, because of how they're going to qualify for these races. And what I mean by that is, you know, yeah, they're going to qualify at Daytona and and a few other races throughout the year, but uh, they're going to pretty much have a set field as far as owner points are concerned, when, when they go to races. Because of what, so with COVID last year, that's what they did. So, you know, you can sort of, if you've got a decent owner point for race one, you can sort of go out and make a, a very, very, um, you know, aggressive hire and live with it because you're not really going to have too much of a something to worry about. So that's something to keep an eye on. Philip, where I want to go with you next is the announcement that came out this week about Thor Sport Racing. We touched on it last week a lot, that uh, they were leaving Ford. It was speculated they were leaving Ford. It was made official this week that Thor Sport Racing from the Truck Series is leaving Ford. Uh, Bob Hockers even basically said on Twitter, the rumors are, or it's being reported, that uh, it sounds like they're going to move to Toyota uh, for 2021. So the fans didn't listen last week, and, uh, you know, as, as you've got a week to think about it, what are your thoughts on Thor Sport leaving Ford and, and going to possibly potentially Toyota, uh, what do you think the ripple the ripple effects are from that um, in the truck series?
1: I mean i i don't <clears throat> I don't know what kind of arrow numbers there are anymore when it comes to these bodies uh, that they run. If the Fords are not as good on certain racetracks relative to the Toyota, um, no, we don't know what else is involved. Whether you got the TRD engines and or they're gonna run uh the 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 Ilmore. Uh I kind of feel like the Toyota call is more based on the fact that they blew so many motors in bad spots for the last couple of years with the with that crate engine, the Ilmore three three ninety six, that they're like, we just wanna go back to Toyota where, you know, Crafton won two of his three championships and they they've run with every manufacturer that's currently in the truck series at some point. Uh, but the most success they've had was when they were with Toyota. So, and it also supports uh, Kyle Busch. If he decides that he wants to bail or move to Xfinity or do something else. Um, they need a flagship organization and it wouldn't be a bad look because store sport is a, an organization has been around since the start of truck series. Um, It, it, to me, it's, it it isn't surprising if you're running, the reality is the bodies, it's probably an arrow call, but I, I do believe in the specifically for that team and how the engine situation has really been bad uh for door sport. They feel like going to Toyota might involve or allow them to uh have at least a different engine uh option and I think that also uh provides other opportunities and maybe there's there's I I mean whatever. I I think uh it'll be a good it'll be a net positive for the series for Toyota as well, but it'll be a net positive for the team as well, to, for their long-term, short-term viability, and possibly even their long-term viability.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've seen this team a few times. They they haven't been shy in changing manufacturers. To the to say the least, I mean, they were with Chevrolet, and they were with Toyota, and now they're back to what sounds like it sounds like they're going to move back. To Toyota, they kind of go out. What I like about this team in the truck series is they're not really under anybody's finger. You know, we see a lot of teams, and, and I always feel like, you know, Kyle Bush is sort of a, an extension of Joe Gibbs Racing in the truck series. Um, you know, Ford makes their own engines, you know, and the support that these manufacturers give these teams sort of puts them kind of on their, you know, uh, under, under the manufacturer's beck and call. And what I like about ThorSport is, you know, they always they they kind of work as an independent truck team. You know, they don't really have guys who are with development deals like you see with Ford, with uh, David Gilliland Racing. The Chevrolet teams have some have some guys there with uh, with GMS, and you know, Toyota definitely has some development teams, development drivers with with their teams. Uh, but ThorSport doesn't. You know, they got Crafton as a veteran, Sauter who's a veteran, and Finger who's a veteran. And Rhodes has been there for a few years as well. They don't really have any development deals there, so um, there is some talk that they could. There could be, you know, they, they uh, part of the announcement this week was that their travel lineup is not set for 2021 or has been announced for 2021. Um, so, you know, earlier in the year, um, you know, around November, October, November, earlier, I guess, at the end of last year. They had come come out and said, oh, we're going to stay course for 2021. Something obviously happened. I don't know if it was the engines, like you said, Philip, or Toyota gave them more support because, like you said, uh, they were a little worried about the long-term uh, stability of accomplished. Motorsport's the long-term stability of another of other Toyota teams. If a Tory wants to go to, to Xfinity, they can put them – they can you know, have the truck series there for, for Thor Sport as well. You know, uh, Unless we get some kind of explanation from Thor Sport, you know, it's sort of up to, to speculation. As far as that is concerned, but uh, it is a very, very interesting move, you know, and, and especially if there's going to be some some changes there as far as the drivers are concerned, because they have, you know, they sort of hire their own drivers. And, and again, I mentioned they don't have any of the development deals, not yet. There's thought there might be some, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes here uh, as the the season rolls on. We're going to find out soon. I mean, that's why there's a lot of news that's been leaking out here this whole this last week we're like i said we're three weeks away from the clash trucks blew up for daytona in about 24 20, 25 days so you know this news is going to come out here kind of fast um so it's it's something to keep an eye on for sure something i want to do with you guys tonight a lot of fun uh i think you know we sort of did our our you know recap of 2020 with some some awards i guess you can say and you know I, Let's start our preview of 2021 with a couple of questions I want to ask you guys and get your opinion on it. I'm going to start with Spencer, then we're going to go to Philip. Uh, there's a lot of options for this question, Spencer. So, uh, curious as, as to what you think, who you think is going to going to be there. So, um, which driver do you think in 2021 in the Cup Series is going to get their first win? Uh, You've got a plenty of options, and I'll, I'll run through a couple of guys, a couple of names for you. Then there's a couple of long shots. Bubba Wallace, obviously, is one that comes to mind. Still doesn't want a cup race. You with know, Richard Petty last year, this year he's with um, 2311 Racing, which has got an association with Joe Gibbs Racing. Chase Briscoe, who's a rookie, going to be running his first cup races uh, in 2021. At, at Stewart Haas Racing, that's going to be a, a, a fascinating team to watch. Uh, Christopher Bell moves to the 20-car Joe Gibbs Racing. He has yet to win a race. Tyler Reddick, in his second year, at Richard Childress Racing, he's yet to win a race. And then you got Matthew Benedetto, who's going to be in his second year at the Wood Brothers. He's yet to win a race. A couple of other long shots, and they're long shots for sure. But Joy is the guy who's going to run full-time. Michael McDowell, Anthony Alfredo, the front of motorsports guys. And then you have Ryan Priest, who runs for um, J C D. Dory and he's going to be an open team. Probably going to run a full year, but if they wanted to miss a race or two, they could do that because they're not really tied into a charter. But – uh let's let's talk about the 2021 who do you think is going to get their first win spencer starting with you who do you think is going to be the, the driver to get their first win in 2021 uh, and spencer i think for whatever reason we're having technical difficulties there you got it um yeah we got you who do you think is going to win their first race in 2021
2: well like i guess like i said but you guys can hear me um there's two or three guys that really could win this year, but I think the one that makes the most sense is probably Christopher Bell. Uh, I mean, he's he's just so damn talented. He's 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 just he's got a lot of talent. He, he's like Larson, he really is. You know, when it comes to dirt and cup, the guy can drive a race car, and um, his, you know, I mean, he he did okay in the '95, and you know, dominated the Xfinity Series when he was there. Uh, so I, I think Christopher Bell makes the most sense um, to possibly win before everybody else.
0: That's certainly not a bad guess, and, and I'd say I, I said this earlier uh, you know, on the shows from, from last year. One of the things that I really, really like for this 20 team in 2021 is their crew chief. Uh, I, I wasn't a fan of that move from Joe Gibbs Racing. Now, Joe Gibbs, obviously, I could, I've been wrong in the past. There's no question about that. I, I questioned Penske doing it last year, and it looks like it worked out great for Team Penske. Especially in the middle of the year, when they really start to get their feet under him. everybody seems to sort of perform a little bit better with their crew chief change. But I like Adam Stevens a lot. I think he's a great crew chief. I think Kyle Busch. Um, yeah, I know he had a tough year last year, but you know Kyle was was in Cup at least at his best when Adam Stevens was on his pit box. And they've sort of had a, a, a carousel of, of, of crew chiefs over there at that 20 car the last few years. Kenseth did very very well in it. Jones didn't do so well in it. Um, Bell isn't a what third or fourth year now in cup, and I think Adam Stevens is the right guy. So I, I like that pick a lot. Just not only because Bell's talented, you're absolutely right. We saw him in the Chili Bowl last week. Uh, the other night he was great until he flipped. But um, he's got he's got Adam Stevens there, and that's going to be a huge huge get for that for that team and that organization. You know that that twenty team and and that combination I think is going to be huge for them in twenty twenty one. How about you, Philip? Who do you think of, of the guys I mentioned? Uh, or, or anybody you want to pick, really, who do you think is going to be the guy to get their first win in 2021?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Spencer, I think, has it with, with Chris Bell, and you're, you mentioned, Clayton, with, with getting Adam Stevens. Um, to me, it's it's the perfect combination of the hard charger who has all the talent and potential the a Toyota guy, through and through, and you have the best crew chief in Joe Gibbs Racing, you know. Period. I I, I mean, granted, you know the eleven team and uh, their situation ever since uh, uh, they they got Gabe Hart and Hamlin have put together a lot of uh, good, done a lot of good things, but that's the one I would say. But I'll I'll go different. And I'm not going to go Mark. I'm not going to be a Mark and say um, my, my driver, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick Um, because I look at day, I I look at Daytona, you know, of how much of a wild card it is. And he was in a position in the cutoff race to uh, win That race, and I think put Kyle Bush in the wall or something. Like Tyler Reddick's the kind of guy that can, and with Randall Burnett, they're a great combination. It kind of is why I wanted, um, you know, Chase Briscoe to bring his crew chief up to the Cup Series because they had such a great, uh, you know. Combination there, and they worked so well together. Well, they work well together, and Boswell and uh, and but I'll, I'll say Tyler Reddick, I, and I do think it, it between it's Daytona and Homestead, or two of the first three races, and uh, you know I, I mean I think the long term deal is definitely Christopher Bell, but um, I'll I'll say that. You you give Tyler Reddick time. He he's still learning. Pavement, uh, he's the kind of guy that can go and get a win. And once he gets that momentum, uh, he's he's hard to stop.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of guys who are very interesting to watch in that group that I mentioned earlier. You know, Bubba for obvious reasons, uh, a new brand new race team, a team that a lot of eyes are going to be on because of who the owner is. Of that race team at the 23 with, my, with Michael Jordan, obviously, and, and Denny Hamlin owning that race team, uh, it's gonna be fascinating to watch that team. Uh, a crew chief, a guy who worked, the crew chief last year, uh, Mike Wheeler, who was the competition director over at uh, Levine Family. He's on the pit box for Bubba. Gonna be interesting to keep an eye on. You mentioned Briscoe. Uh, I think he's a great wheel man. Uh, rookies, I always feel like rookies are at a, a little bit of a disadvantage when it comes to the uh, cup series, especially now because we don't have a lot of practice and what we do in cup is so different than what they do in Xfinity right now with the 550 rule package and all that kind of stuff. It might take Briscoe some time to get his feet under him and get used to this, this package, the running cup. So he's going to be fascinating to watch too, but he's got a ton of talent and you know, I could, he could totally just say, Hey, you know what? Watch, watch me go out there and and win a bunch of races. We talked about bell reddick. You discussed brilliantly, Philip, um, a great, a great driver who was good and and uh, you know where we'll, we'll all really the question for him is where's RCR going to be? We saw RCR at times last year being really really strong, but we see them at times over the last couple of years where they've kind of haven't been as strong. And then there's Matthew Benedetto, who we really haven't discussed at all. Uh, second year with the Wood Brothers, could he go out there and uh, win a race in his second year with Greg Irwin and getting and being with that race team? He's in a lame, lame duck season, we know. Cedric's going to go to that car in 2022, so fascinating to keep an eye on there as well. Uh, this is sort of, uh, sort of along the lines of the same question, but a different group of drivers here. And, um, again, there's about four or five guys you can put in this group, and I'm just curious who you guys are going to go with. Uh, I'll give you a quick overview, and then I'll let you guys pick. The driver, what driver, and a new ride in 2021 will have the best season? And here's a couple of, of options: Carl Larson driving the five for, Rich Ch- for Rick Hendrick. Uh, Cliff Daniels is a pretty there. That was really what the 48 car was last year. Larson is going to be taking over Jimmy Johnson's seat. Not Ally Financial doesn't doesn't go there. Ally is going to go to uh, stay where they are at the 48. And really, the 88 team got picked up and moved to the 48, and the 48 team got moved up and picked to the five. Um, so I don't consider Bowman in the new ride, but Larson is. So. That's one option. We mentioned Bell earlier. He's in a new ride for 2021. Uh, Bubba Wallace also was in that last group We discussed in a new ride. Another guy in a new ride that we haven't really discussed a lot uh, is Ross Chastain, who's going to be driving a 42 car for, for uh, Chip Ganassi Racing full-time in 2021. Kind of been under the radar here this offseason as far as a lot of the chatter has gone. But he's a very talented race car driver. That's a car that struggled last year with Matt Kenseth. But the few years prior with Kyle Larson in it has been very, very good. So he could be somebody to keep an eye on as well. And then you have Eric Jones, who I mentioned earlier is going to go in a 43 car for uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. Solo Corporation Chevrolet, same, same issues with that team that we saw, you know, in years prior where um, not, maybe not a ton of funding there in that 43 car. So uh, Jones is a very talented driver. Going to going there. But, up. So I'll start with you since I started with Spencer last time. What driver in a new ride in 2021 will have the best season? Larson, Bell, Bubba, Chastain, or Eric Jones?
1: What do you got? I'm going to jump in front of Spencer, and I'm going to say Christopher Bell uh, because of what we talked about uh, in, re- in regards to his talent and potential uh, as a driver and him learning – He's, he's another guy, a dirt guy, for first and foremost. And when he was on in an Xfinity car, he was automatic. He looked like Kyle Busch in an Xfinity car for those two years that he was there. Uh, you put one of the best crew chiefs in the Cup Series with a kid, with a young talent like him, to me, that's, I mean, and and it would go against the grain because JGR has not been able to provide four good cars, but Toyota Toyota needs wants Christopher Bell to be their guy long term, other than Kyle Busch, and this is the kind of uh, situation where it it looks like. Um, it would be a a situation for him. He'll finally make the playoff, or he'll make, I say finally, it's the second year, he'll make the playoff, and then he'll be able to, um, you know, kind of get things going in in his cup career and, uh, you know, whatever it is. I I don't think we're truly going to get, I mean, unless he just kind of like takes one off the sheet, taking a bowling uh, term there and, and just goes crazy the way he's done in any other vehicle that he's been in his whole entire career. Um, I think it's Chris Bell, but there's definitely a lot of good choices uh, for who could be that best person.
0: Yeah, there, there certainly is. And, and what's fun about this is, is it's very hard to predict, you know, we don't know what the Chevrolets are going to look like, Uh, For 2021, we don't know what the Toyotas are going to look like as far as competition is concerned, Um, you know, whether or not one manufacturer is going to have a, a, you know, an advantage over another or, you know, where we see trends through the whole year. Um, So it's very tough to predict, you know, you know, as far as Bubba is concerned, somebody like that, a brand new team, it might take them a little while, might not, who knows. Uh, Same thing with, with Jones. Could we see the 43 improve a lot? We'll see. You know, but there's a lot of, that's why it's so interesting. There's just a lot of different guys um, that are, you know, a lot of different things that can happen that can change the course of the season. Uh, Spencer, how about you? Uh, What driver, a new ride in 2021 will have the best season in your eyes? You got Larson, you got Christopher Bell, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, Eric Jones, a few others. Uh, Suarez, you know, he's in a new ride, but, you know, that team's a new team. We're not really sure where they are with Joy. Obviously, same deal with him. New ride, but again, a newer team that I think a lot of people expect to be to more of a long term investment for those guys than, than the short term. So we're just going to go with the bigger guys right now. Who do you think will have a better year in 2021 of those guys we mentioned?
2: Uh, probably Kyle Larson. And i tell you why. He, he can have a serious year this year. Um, look what he was able to do at tracks like um, Atlanta. You know, he had a hell of a run in Atlanta uh, this, I want to say, two years ago. Think what he does at Homestead. Think what he does at Bristol. Uh, those tracks are extremely good for him. Uh, Michigan's good for him. Um, you know, it would Fontana's good, but we're not going there this year. Think of those tracks, how good he ran in Ganassi 42 equipment. And now he's at Hendrick, which is a team that is way better than Ganassi has been in, you know, probably since 2017 when Larson won four races. You know, so we could very well see him. Oh, and not to mention, one of the Bristol races is on dirt. I mean, the guy won 50 something dirt races and just won the Chili Bowl uh, last week. So, I mean, he could have a serious year. He could come out this year with four or five wins. There's not a doubt in my mind. Um, Just because how well he runs at those racetracks, and he's with a way better team. So, um, he could definitely win both Bristol's, um, the Homestead Miami race. And, you know, he can, he could have a multiple win year for sure.
0: Yeah. For Larson,
2: you know, again, he's one of those guys that
0: was out of the car for a pretty good part of the year last year. Um, we'll take him some time to get his feet under him as far as asphalt is concerned. There's no question. The guy has got a ton of raw skill. There is no question about that. Uh, but I think when you look at his cup career so far, people go, he gets a lot of hype for six cup wins, and it's certainly true. But, you know, we saw what that 42 team did last year without him, and you go, well, maybe he
1: was maybe
0: Larson's really that good. So uh, he's going to be a fascinating guy to watch here in that five car. You know, Rick Hendrick is going to go with that car, and I know there's a lot of people saying, well, there's a sponsor there with HendrickCars.com. That's out of Rick's pocket, you know, um, or, or – Close to it, so he wouldn't have done that and moved mountains to get him if he if he didn't believe in Kyle Larson's talent, so Rick, you know, had picked Jeff Gordon a, few, uh, a bunch of years ago, too, and that worked out really well for him as well, so uh, we'll it was going to be fascinating to keep an eye on and, and Larson had other options, too. You know, we know that uh, that Tony Stewart tried to get him for his team, but uh, it sounded like Ford kind of shot that one down, so uh, it's not like he's a guy who, um, we know this this is going to serve. but I want to thank everybody for listening and talking in circles tonight, Uh, We are three weeks away from these cars coming down to Daytona. So uh, we're getting closer and closer every day. If you like what you heard tonight, like us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. We we post stuff there uh, a lot, and we'll see you next time on Talking Circles. Good
1: night, everybody.